Welcome to the Insight Podcast. My guest today is Kuba Moves. Kuba is a movement coach who helps people get strong, flexible, and learn funky movement skills. In this episode, Kuba and I chat about what people get wrong about exercise, how exercise gives us freedom, the exercises he recommends you start practicing, how achieving our fitness goals can ripple out into every element of our lives, and the first steps he recommends for people who want to get stronger, more agile, and more flexible. Enjoy the episode. So what do people get wrong about exercise, do you think? Um, I think treating it as a, as a chore, that would be a one big one. Um, you know, I think people get a lot of things wrong about exercise, but it's kind of like, uh, also we've got, I know more than 50 people in the entire nation, probably all across the world, not being like sufficiently active. So I think that's kind of like what's wrong. Right. Um, but yeah, I think like treating exercise as a chore, like something we have to do. Uh, I'd say that's the, the biggest one for me because, you know, even like, uh, the whole fitness industry and gyms frames exercise as something that you have to do. And it's like a chore. It's not like a, it's not a source of enjoyment and fun or anything like that. It's just like pain and suffering and just like, you know, just all the bad stuff that you have to do, right. In order to be fit and like look a certain way. So yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, exercise is a chore and probably exercise for looking a certain way. I think that's a, yeah, that's a very, it's much more to it, obviously, right? It's like, you know, as we know, like for, for mood and mental health and overall like health of all sorts, I think, yeah, there's much more to it. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. But I think that kind of, it's one of the big ones, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a, a, a thing on your to-do list that you need to tick off and yeah you shouldn't enjoy it just you just need to push through it and it'll be horrible and of course there's instances you know today in the gym it was pretty tough and I I would have liked to have stopped in the gym today but I didn't because I I know how great it's going to make me feel afterwards but that's kind of one or two sessions that I'll, I'll do like that where kind of they're a bit more high intensity really getting my heart rate up the rest are just kind of I try and enjoy it. I try and play. I try and get a bit of flexibility in there, that, that kind of thing. Um, but absolutely, I, I suppose it's like so many other things, isn't it? Um, we've lost that kind of intrinsic joy that I want to do it just for the sake of doing it. It's, it's all about the in- extrinsic. Mm-hmm. It's about sharing it on social media, which, which I'm guilty of as well sometimes. <laughs> um, and it's about, like you said, looking a certain way or, or oh, maybe if I if I exercise, then that means I can ha- enjoy my cheat meal, and and we know that it's a bit more complicated than that, isn't it? But but I completely agree that it, it seems like it's just a chore for people, and that's a shame, isn't it? Um, it seems like the work you do is all about bringing a bit of a bit of fun to it, and a bit of play, and a bit of flexibility and freedom. Is that right? Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, totally. Like um, you know, I'm really right on the outside of the fitness industry, I guess. Like, you know, I come from like parkour background. So that's something like, you know, I've started like 16 years ago or so. So, you know, being active was always about 
play and just like learning skills and then you know about social time with other people um yeah i think just so many people like you know just go to the gym and then like they don't even pay attention to what they do they've got like the the screen in front of the, the treadmill that they they're walking or running on and like they're not even like in the present moment at all so it's like yeah it's i guess it's not very exercise not very well modeled by uh i mean who would really model it right you've got like athletes who are like athletes and obviously sport is not really exercise here like sports is just like a um show right it's kind of like things that you do for show it's not doesn't really like uh translate to that kind of like playful exercise like aspect it's kind of a different thing right it's just kind of like a grind so we don't really associate exercise with pleasure as much i guess but yeah i guess that could go into a few different directions yeah. with that <laughs> <laughs> no yeah and i like that yeah sport is not exercise you, you, sport is a, a show sport is a performance yeah you're, you're just after that one very specific goal that that time or distance yeah. or height or, or whatever it is where exercise yeah we we have got that m- more freedom and i think that is part of the problem that everyone is led to believe that you should look like and train like and eat like and supplement like a professional athlete where every little kind of percentage counts, doesn't it? Because it might then lead to the gold medal or the World Cup or whatever it is. And I think that's something that people get a bit wrong about exercise. You know, you can enjoy it and you don't have to worry so much about those little tweaks, the little tweaking in nutrition or creatine or protein or, or whatever it is um get the basics right first and train hard i think is 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 where you can get you know yeah. get so many benefits um and and that stuff is just it's add-on isn't it and of course if you've got a specific goal in mind those add-ons could could really help you but if you if your goal is just to be generally fit and to want to be able to play with your children and walk up a flight of stairs without getting out of breath then i i believe just just get the basics right and like we said about people not being present in the gym and looking at the screen. And it it reminds me of something that I wanted to talk to you about because I'm thinking of writing a bit of a Twitter thread of kind of the top mistakes I see in the gym. This is sounding very negative, isn't it, from me? But um, I I just think it's interesting to think what I see from so many people in the gym. um, You know, number one is they come in and they seem to not really know what they're doing. They kind of walk in and they look around and it's like they're deciding what they're going to do. And I kind of think, well, I think you should have decided beforehand. So you go in, you know, exactly what you want to achieve in that session. And then you can leave, you know, a happy man or happy woman. Um, And that's, I think, where, you know, having an online coach, an in-person coach, a personal trainer, a movement coach, whatever it is, is the best investment you can make rather than investing in the equipment and the supplements and on all those things. I think that's one one problem, should we call it. Another thing, like you said, is I look around and every rest um, between sets that people are taking is just straight on their phone and they're looking like hunched over a screen, just just looking at their phone and scrolling through social media. And I just think, ah, oh, you, you'd just get so much more out of it, wouldn't you? If you were there and thinking, well, is this not heavy enough? Is it too, is it too light? Could I train a bit harder? Do I need to ease off? You know, am I feeling any pains or could I push it a bit further? And then what, what do you think about my two of my top mistakes that maybe pe- people make in the gym? <laughs> um, as in like, what, what would I suggest or? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, would you add any? Do, do you agree with those? I mean, you, you kind of mentioned some around it. Um, yeah, what do you think? No, I, I think I, you know, I'd agree with that. Um, I know, I definitely you know, like hiring a coach. Obviously, like I'm, I'm very biased in here, but I hired coaches for myself before, so it's kind of like benefited from that like tremendously, and like for for my own fitness and health, and you know, whether it's like a business coach for like I worked with or even like something for myself or like how to coach other people better. So like, you know, the benefits are just so many. Um, but I think like, like you said, like, you know, rather than spending so much money on like the fitness equipment and like gym membership and stuff, like, you know, get a coach, even if it's for like three months, just so you can like, you know, find a way what works for you. If you, if you lucky, you'll find someone who can actually make it work for you rather than against you. Because like, it's not a problem to like create like a amazing training plan and that will be completely useless for the person in front of you because you know you just you won't consider their person's needs and stuff and they're like there's plenty of that as well um but yeah it's just learning that how to be flexible with your training whether you're choosing to have like home workout or gym workout just how to like adapt things how to go into like the progressive overloads and you know, how to learn to like listen to your body, how to track things. So yeah, I think yeah, even getting some of like two, three months could be like super, super beneficial. Mm-hmm. And that's all those things that a coach can offer, can't they? Yeah. And to me, exercise gives me freedom. Um, I think I tweeted mm. this the other day that exercise gives me freedom. It means that, you know, without doubting myself, if my friends invite me on a hike, I can go with them. If my mum, who's a keen runner, is a marathon runner, she invites me to go go for a run on a Sunday morning, I can join her. Um, if another friend says, I'll oh, come and join in this team sport that I've started, or, you know, right now I'm thinking of, oh, I kind of want to try Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I kind of want to go to this gymnastics club that's down the road. And after seeing your social media um, posts, thinking, ah, oh, I've always loved, I'd always wanted to be able to do a backflip. Um, and a handstand muscle up as well. And I think, oh, well, you know, I've got a base level and maybe that puts me in a, in a good position to just try those things and, and accomplish those things. Um, is that, uh, and we've kind of, you've kind of mentioned this already, but is, is that your outlook on exercise that it gives people freedom to, to go about their day and to join in with whatever they like? Yeah, no, I, I think you nailed it. Like, you know, there's people go like all sorts of goals, like, you know, being able to be able to play with their kids or their grandkids and being able to hang out with their friends and kind of like active contexts and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that's very, from like very practical points of view for like engagement with other people that's, that's you around. Uh, but I think also like just, for mood and health in general, right? So I think like, you know, there's like more and more research to say like, okay, you know, actually like exercise is even like more um, effective than talk therapy or uh, uh, antidepressants and stuff. And not to say that those things might not be needed or like the people don't benefit from those, but, but it's also like, right, you know, we've got this behavioral tool that we can access and why do we not do it? Because the exercise is modeled as a chore, like mm-hmm. something that's like, you know, painful and necessary 
and maybe I'm not athletic, so it's not kind of something I do because my identity is not wrapped around it because maybe I'm much more of intellectual and maybe I think that like doing exercise is kind of like, you know, I'm going to become like a meathead or kind of like start like that kind of, uh, um, you know, it's quite, quite common. Like, you know, someone who's like big and heavy and like goes to gym, like, you know, stereotypically you would think about those people, like some people would, um, maybe they're dumb, maybe they're not as smart, maybe they, you know, they not intelligent, all sorts. So that, and I've heard that kind of from, from people before, which, you know, when I hear that, it's kind of like, oh shit, like I've been in my bubble for so many years thinking like that doesn't happen. It's not real, but those people who are not active think that way. And obviously that's, that's, that's not true. Like, you're not going to like, first of all, like you go to the gym and like, you know, you, you meet dumb people everywhere, you know, like <laughs> sounding a little bit judgmental there. Um, but you know, it's like, regardless whether you go to the gym or not, you know, maybe like you, you meet more dumb people there. Who knows? Maybe you meet more dumb people in the street, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, there's, and there's plenty of intelligent people at the gym as well, isn't there? For yeah, sure. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think I'm one of them. I'd like to think anyway. <laughs> Uh, I, I love that. And I, and I love the points about the um, comparisons between exercise with antidepressant med medication and talk therapy and other, and other things. But um, I think I've seen um, that research as well um, that says, yeah, th this is as effective or in, in some cases more effective. Um, and like you said, so we've got this tool, haven't we? We've got this tool that we can access anytime and it's free. The only downside is that it can be a bit uncomfortable. Well, of course, think <laughs> often things that will lead to improvement and growth growth are uncomfortable, aren't they? Um, yep, you know, absolutely. cooking a meal is is more laborious than me just you know ordering a takeaway. But I know it's better for me in the long run if I cook that meal and and put a bit of effort in. But of course, you know, enjoy the occasional takeaway as well. <laughs> mm. So, what about um? And I'm throwing this question at you. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't in the outline, but I was just wondering if there's any movements um, that you that you think everyone should be doing. Maybe "should be" isn't the right word, but it would be good if everyone was doing. You know, it, is it like there are some basic movements that you that you cover and that you encourage because of their um, because of the knock-on effect that then they can have in, in everyday life. I'm thinking, I don't know, the squat and mm -hmm. maybe a push-up, um, maybe working up to a pull-up. I don't know, because then that just gives you that freedom to, to move around your environment in a more efficient way. Yeah. Um, I think I could um, say about three things. So one, like very specific, hanging. Um, getting a pull-up bar, hanging on the monkey bars, you know, just like an amazing exercise for like grip strength, shoulder mobility, like decompresses our spine. So like, you know, especially like for, for everyone these days, right? Like we're sat down a lot or like stood up and, you know, we don't have like as much movement around and just like our spine just gets compressed throughout the day. So I think just, you know, a minute to three minutes of hanging every day, you know, 10 seconds here, 20 seconds there. It doesn't need to be like one stretch, right? <laughs> um, and everyone can, pr pretty much everyone can get a pull-up bar at home, whether it's like a door frame pull-up bar or like a freestanding one, maybe not everyone can get that. Um, so that's one. Um, I think just walking more because that's simple, mm -hmm. it's accessible. We kind of like, uh, 
evolved to walk like loads <laughs> um, to move around. So I think that's uh, tapping into that and, you know, can do loads of walking and have like great experiences, whether it's like, you know, sightseeing tour or like go out in nature and hike. And I think that's kind of like accessible for, for a lot of people. Um, and the third one, like less specific, I think just kind of like movement variability just to kind of get into the things that we don't do normally so you know it, things i recommend people like you know if someone's got a standing desk i would say oh get a sitting desk as well like get get <laughs> yourself so you can have different positions throughout the day right because like i think like we demonize sitting so much over like the years and now everyone seems to be getting like standing desks and stuff but it's kind of like it's creating the same problem, right? It's kind of like it's just a single posture that you're kind of going through for the entire day. And we're not really like meant to be doing anything in the same posture. I mean, like, no, I can't really think of anyone who would be able to stay in the same position without moving for like half an hour, hour, two hours and wouldn't feel discomfort. Like, you know, you sat down driving, you're like, that's uncomfortable. You like, you stood up for too long. That's uncomfortable. You're lying down for too long. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> so I think just being able to like adjust your work and kind of like, you know, whatever environment you're in, so you can change those positions. Like for years, I would, I would, I would have worked, um, in front of like a coffee table. So I would just sit down on the floor so I can like sit down cross-legged, like bringing my legs outside, kneel and like change different positions. So. Right now, I just mainly kind of like work from um, from the living room when I've just got a bench that I can kind of like squat on. I can sit down and like keep changing positions. So I think that's a that's a good one. It's like you know we could go into like oh this is something that everyone should do, but yeah, you know, I think it's good to keep things accessible uh, because, like I said, like you know we don't have a problem of um, people who move in the wrong ways <laughs> we have a problem of people who don't move enough and i think that oh, applies okay. to like to so many people right and i think like you know moving wrong or not it's kind of like it's so arbitrary that's one thing but it's it's kind of like um emphasis on of kind of discourages people right because it's kind of like oh you know maybe you shouldn't do it this way because you hurt yourself or this or that it's like Leave them alone. Leave them alone. They're, they're fine. They're fine. You know, they're moving already a lot. Like, look at the people who, who don't move enough and then just encourage them to move. <laughs> I think that's that's it's much better approach, which is like, you know, that's fairly new to me. Like, you know, I've only been like mm. thinking that way, like over the last two, three years before I would be like, yeah, just you have to be doing this and that and this. So it's much more, uh, I'm not as rigid anymore with those things. Now I'm kind of uh, yeah. trying to, to listen more to people, I guess. <laughs> Uh, that's such an interesting take and I've never heard it put like that, but it, it makes sense mm. to me. And, and I completely agree. Yeah. We, people get so overwhelmed, don't they? And about getting it absolutely right and perfect that then they don't even get started. I guess you could just, even just looking at the squat, all the different things that you could adjust and, and worry about with the squat, the, the knee position, the hip position, all that kind of stuff that, um, yeah, it's crazy. You just get so bogged down that you don't even start. So it'd be great, like you said, just just get moving, even even if it's not the the right way in inverted commas. Just get moving. <laughs> That's a really good point. And so, following on from that, what what do you love about your work as a as a movement coach? Mm. 
I think just being able to help people break down, break down very complex movement skills. So, you know, I teach a lot of things like handstands and like mass labs and kind of like some acrobatic skills. I think that's, and that's like all very complex things. So I really like that. Just helping people like break things down into like digestible steps. Um, but also that kind of like bring the sense of play and kind of showing people that there are ways to move in fun way just kind of bring a little bit more joy into the exercise. Um, yeah, I think the, these two things would be probably like the most, the coolest thing about, about my work. Yeah, just the ability like, okay, you know, here is the very complex thing. Now we go like, okay, here's 25 steps. <laughs> yeah. And we just start kind of like going into that. Uh, yeah, and I think that's been always the thing for me because I got into teaching other people how to move quite early on through like my parkour training. And that was something that's, because I would take me ages to learn things. I would, I used to be a very slow learner. I'm still am with like a lot of things. So I need step-by-step progressions that are like very, very simple. I can just kind of follow them through and eventually, you know, you gain those skills and like get all the good habits and stuff. So I think that's a easy way for me to work with people because I'm, I'm like this myself. So trying to make extra steps where we're, people cannot find those extra steps. Sometimes it's kind mm. of like, oh, here's the next step. But no, it's actually a cliff I need to climb. So it's uh, <laughs> need to create some some steps for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The journey is always a bit easier when you don't look right to the to the final product. You you think about each of those little steps that you need to take. And of course, you know, I, I work as a primary school teacher and that's what that's what it's all about, breaking the learning down into uh, manageable manageable chunks so that we can make some progress so what what kind of clients do you have do you, do you get some people that have tried the gym and and other forms of exercise and they've just got fed up with it and and they want it to be more enjoyable so that's why they come to you or i don't know that the other reasons why people would would come to i guess what is not it's not as traditional is it what what you offer people so so why do people come to you <laughs> um so generally people who are into some sort of training already um i do work with quite a lot of like health and fitness professionals for like their own training maybe they've just gotten bored with what they're doing maybe they need like Mm. a change or maybe they need to restart something um yeah i get a lot of people from like um aerial silks pole dance kind of background um climbers i've worked from from a climbing gym uh so i to get to love climbers but yeah, generally people who are into something and they do been doing something for a while and looking for something like more interesting more fun uh i do get people who just want to do like some strength conditioning stuff with me for their training so with help with that as well um i'm a soft tissue therapist as well so like i'll mm-hmm. i don't do i don't do like any manual uh treatments as such but i do kind of like work with like uh rehab kind of stuff with my clients so a lot of that stuff is just getting back to the activities they love and like you know maybe someone Mm -hmm. used to climb or play football 10 years ago and now like oh this is the time when i maybe i've got a little bit more time that kids are like a little bit older or maybe there are some changes now i've got the time to do it so now like putting together a plan how to like gradually get back into it and how to make it more fun so it's not like oh yeah you need to do three strength training sessions per week and you need to be doing that like religiously without any fun at all and 
you know, <laughs> you know, for some people like that's that's all they want, and then they usually just don't choose me to work with, <laughs> which is fair because that's not the kind of client I'm like actively seeking out. So, you know, there are people who work like this and i think like the, you know there are other professionals who help with those things for me it's yeah. just like finding more fun ways to move and just having that kind of bigger capacity and range of moving in different ways i think that's quite important especially like you know if people go through injuries and like you know it's very easy to get like hyper fixated on like all oh, right you know now i'm injured my you know my, my shoulder is just really bad and i, I can't do what i love doing so I'm like, oh, you know, your shoulder is bad, but how about this thing? Or maybe, you know, maybe you'd like to go and go back into hiking or maybe like, you know, we teach you how to juggle because maybe that's an easy thing for uh, for the shoulder. Like, you know, just trying to find like, you know, it's not really on my terms, right? Like I can kind of propose a few things, but it's more about trying to like make someone think what they love doing and what would kind of contribute to them, first of all, like having more fun and second of trying just to, find something that will contribute to their training that they originally were trying to do. So, you know, maybe if it's, um, I don't know if it's gymnastics, but they cannot do anything like that. Maybe we find something that's coordination based. Maybe that's juggling. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's uh, contact stuff spinning. Maybe that's something else. Just, you know, something that's similar to it. So where they, they can either gain some strength or coordination or mobility. Um, little side project that can probably turn into a main project eventually. That's kind of like how it's panned out for me because I've gone through quite a few uh, lower body injuries when I was training parkour. And yeah, I, I just couldn't do stuff anymore. So I was like, oh, handstands. That's a thing I can do. That doesn't hurt my ankle. Oh, there's juggling. I can do that too. And then, you know, you just kind of end up being stuck with this because you're like, oh shit, this is actually fun. I can learn something new and I can really get good at it um so yeah sometimes those side projects turn into quite interesting things i think that's important just so you know for those reasons like you know you're injured so you know don't feel like you can't do anything because i think it's very easy to box yourself into that it's like oh mm -hmm. shit i'm injured now i love playing football i love running but i can't cannot run anymore so i'm just not gonna be active because what i enjoy yeah. doing is not accessible to me um, I think that's a big one where people are inactive, right? It's like, you know, someone's like wrapped their entire identity around being a runner or something like that. And they just don't want to get out of it and don't want to be active on, on their own terms, right? They just be like, right, running or, or nothing at all. So I think just finding little, little side quests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if you are that um, kind of, that, that narrow vision of what you can do, um, then you miss out on a whole world of different activities didn't you uh wouldn't you um which is such a shame which is such a shame totally, um, totally. yeah i like that i like that and, and i guess um kind of linked to that people people label themselves don't they that, that they've got this injury now and, and there's nothing that they can do about it kind of throw up your hands well yeah i've got a bad shoulder i've got a bad knee i've had it for years um and sometimes you might say but what, have you seen a physio oh no 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 have you seen a uh, I don't know, a, diff, a medical professional in, in whatever capacity. And I don't know. It's like, oh, well, just try that because you might, you might get some movement back and you might get some um, pain relief and who knows, you, you could be back to or close to back to where you were. Um, it's, it is a shame when people kind of give, get, give up on it. Um, I, I remember in my, when I graduated from university um, in that year, I was doing an athletics competition. I, I'd done decathlon around that time. Um, and I was in a athletics competition. I was doing the hurdles and I 
jumped up for about a third or fourth hurdle and my Achilles ruptured. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, a horrible injury, isn't it? With, with not a good, um, um, whatever, you know, result for the, for the months after mm-hmm. that. And I remember going to my graduation a couple of months later and I was in a, in a cast and a boot and I was on my crutches, you know, getting, getting my certificate. Mm-hmm. And one of my old university lecturers said to me, Oh, how does it feel to be an ex athlete? Like that was his attitude. Like, oh, wow. like, yeah, yeah, just you're done now. And it was, I, I, I couldn't believe he said it to me. I was like, oh, and then, you know, it, it's not like a, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong story. It wasn't like that. I, I, I don't really have that attitude. I was just going to prove to myself that, well, no, this isn't going to hold me back. Um, so, you know, I went and I did the the rehab and I did the strengthening. And since then I've done triathlons and marathons and fitness competitions, all these different things. So it's, it, it, yeah, well, it's just crazy, isn't it? That someone could could label you like that and said, well, that's it. You're done now. So forget about it. Um, so no, come it's, on, it's, listeners. If, it's if, not uncommon, but it's not uncommon, right? Like what you're mm, saying, it's mm. not uncommon. And like, you know, I've heard that like being injured, I've heard that from doctors, I've heard that from right. physios, that, yeah. you know, you, you should stop doing what you're doing. You'll never be able to do that. Um, you know, like just so many messages like that. And it like, it's kind of like uh, people refer that people who refer to like things like um, movement optimism, right? Just kind of like being optimistic that like you know you can move in different ways without hurting yourself, and there's no such thing like bad technique and stuff like that. But that's kind of like a different, different kind of like area. Um, but yeah, just having more options to move in like different ways and being like, okay, I can do this thing. But then you kind of like you hear like a, a friend or like someone who's like you know they don't don't do it, say anything bad or maybe their doctor or someone else. And they're like, Oh, you should watch out. You should never do that thing. And like, because you're going to hurt yourself. And like, that doesn't send a great message to you. You're just going to be like, really, it's kind of like fragility mindset for like physical activity. Right. Like I better not to do anything because I'm going to hurt myself. And then people hurt themselves because they don't do anything. They actually, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like the bone density goes down and like, you know, coordination goes down. Like so many things just, get ruined by that so yeah i think that's uh, a pessimism for people who got injured and you know very discouraging attitudes very very common uh for whatever reason and sometimes it's kind of like comes from the place of care because like people don't want you to see don't want to see you being injured and kind of like struggling um yeah but i guess we we should be paying more attention to how we express those things yeah, definitely. And I, I guess that's sometimes an instance where people are just projecting onto you, aren't they? To maybe make themselves feel better about the fact that they're not active or that they've had an injury and that, and they haven't done anything about it. Um, I think that might, might play a little role as well, but. I think we just underestimate what our bodies can do all the time. Don't we? The, the amount of potential we have, um, is unbelievable. And, and we think we can't do things and we, and we can. I think it's a lot about, preparation it's a lot about mindset you know i ran a, a marathon barefoot uh, about a year and a half ago mm. and anyone that I, t- I tell that they say well well before I, di- I don't think i told anyone that i was going to do it so much maybe just a few people because i know that what the reaction is going to be well you're going to hurt yourself you won't you won't do yeah. it and i was like no no like I, I know that i can do this because i'm putting in the hours and i'm preparing and the most i'd done for my training run to prepare for it was a half marathon 
but I never doubted myself. It was like, I've got this mindset, I, I'm doing this. And of course, you have to be a bit careful and, you know, look after yourself. And if things are getting um, painful and you're, you're risking injury or something, then, then I would hold back. But um, yeah, I think we underestimate ourselves all the time, not just with exercise, with, with cold water and with uh, the amount that we can learn and take in, the, yeah. the business that we could set up that might help a lot of people. Um, we underestimate ourselves, I think. Yeah, any any kind of like uh, um, discomfort, like endeavor, like it's really hard to like make ourselves do it. But then when we do it, like we feel so much better, right? Like it's yeah. called exposure, like you said, activity or like uh, some task that you just need to do that you've been putting off for ages, right? Then you just like, and I think like even going back to like physical activity itself, like, you know, like for yourself, like running marathon barefoot and all the other things that you've done, it's like things like that, just like you proving to yourself that you can take on like a massive challenge and you can just smash it. And like, you know, you, you learn how to go about it. You learn how to like establish good habits. You learn the process, uh, you know, process goals and all, oh, you know, there's so much stuff in there. Uh, to be learned that then people can like carry over into their life for whatever changes they, yeah. they can make. Because like I did this big thing, so why couldn't I do this with something else? Right. And it's really, really powerful. And you know, I, I think it's the easiest thing is just to kind of um and I'm really biased to say that, but the physical taking like a big physical challenge, starting there and just like, you know, realizing how strong we are by tackling it, achieving something. And then like, all right, if I've been able to do this physical thing, I'll be able to do that with every single domain of my life, perhaps. Who knows, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely love that. It's so true. If you've put in the work and if you've shown the discipline and like you said, the habits, um, you've done the research around it, it just, yeah, it, it can just project outwards onto every, every facet of your life. And I, and I think cold water is another example of that. I think for some people, cold water is like the, it's, um, it is, it's so meaningful for people because they, once they, once they go in the cold and get out something that they were dreading doing and weren't looking forward to at all. And they were really uncomfortable during it. And then they got out and it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. I, I have got the mindset and I have got the control mm. and I can stay calm in that situation. And then, like you said, then that can be taken to, to every other area of life. Um, yeah, I really like that. <laughs> so another question, one of my final questions we're coming up to is first steps then, I, I, I guess. People that are um, wanting to move more, wanting to be more flexible, agile, strong. Maybe they think, though, that they haven't got the time, the resources, the equipment to do that. Do you have any first steps that, that people can take to start making those um, steps forward to feeling better, improving their mood, um, feeling more physically fit and able as well? What would you suggest? Mm, I think I'll, I'll try to go something simple, like start small and track everything that you do that's active. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not hard to come up with a perfect plan that you're not going to do right and i think i kind of like <laughs> that before but it's like the problem with that that's that that you're not going to do the perfect plan because the life is hard and you know we're busy and we've got commitments and stuff so i think like we think like oh you know if i'm working out i need to work out for an hour it's like yeah maybe like you know if you don't have kids and if you know if you work like 
job of regular hours and you know if you've got time but probably now if you've got kids and you know like all sorts of commitments and responsibilities maybe all you need is go for a walk more often maybe what you need is like finding mm-hmm. 15 minutes to exercise two or three times per week maybe you need to change other things like you know going for a walk more often like choosing to walk somewhere rather than driving somewhere so i think like things like that and then just finding kind of those low hanging fruits that can like make you more mm-hmm. active and i think like that's kind of mainly towards people who are finding difficult to be active on a regular basis trying to be consistent so you know start small find something that you like and enjoy doing you know if you've hate running then don't make yourself run because a lot of people yeah, think like oh run. you know let's um you know i'm gonna get active so i need to start running it's like no you don't like if you hate running don't start with running you know maybe you go into get into running in like six months once you like build up a bit and maybe then you're gonna enjoy running because you know you're not gonna suck as much so initially you go for a run and you're just like oh my god how much i suck right so get out of breath so much and that, that's not pleasant for people like you know it's kind of like the same for with everything right you just try something new and it's like frustrating oh it's like i'm really bad at it so and some people deal with it better some people don't and especially when you start a new thing like that it's like oh shit you're like i'm way out on a limp and it's just like it's way out of my comfort zone like don't start with something you hate like you know walks are great if you like the walks like you know gym is great if you like going to the gym and there's so many things and then like you know once especially if you're struggling with activity of being physically active find a way to track it like if you like excel spreadsheets mm-hmm. if you like apps if you like uh, uh pen and paper habit trackers you know do that find like you know two three pros goals like you know i know could be walking ten thousand steps you know if people are into it and if that's accessible for them you know maybe that's great maybe trying to walk more often maybe trying to do like a 15 minute yoga routine like every other day or three times per week or however many times it's kind of like reasonable achievable i think that's i think i'm happy with this answer because it's kind of like it's not specific like i'll do this or that but it allows people to form a sustainable structure around like exercise and like being active I think that's far more important than pointing people towards like, oh yeah, this is how you should start by lifting this or doing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, I'd be much more keen to like uh, dispense that kind of advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think those three steps are are, are brilliant, um, and they're two that I've. The first two are two that I've thought about in the past and talked um, and shared about. You know the. Um, what did we say? Um, starting small and mm-hmm. and building that habit, and also the the enjoyment factor. But then I think what you added with the third step about tracking it—that's really interesting. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought so much about that. Um, I guess is is that because of the motivation that it gives you? That if you're tracking it and then you get to the end of the week and you go, "Oh yeah, I did." It, I did that 15-minute session three times a week. Oh, I've done it. So now that then motivates me to keep that up and maybe add another five minutes to the session and keep going. Is that your point, that it, that it's so motivating when you do that? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think nailed it. Like, that's pretty much it. Right. You know, we, we love having, like, visual representations of our progress, right? And there's so many things that we do that are not very tangible. But if you can boil them down to, like, certain processes, and it's like, oh, I did 20 minutes of this three times this week and then you know you 
get to like uh, the end of the second or third week. And I'm like, oh shit, I ticked so many boxes off. I must be doing something right. And it's like, now it's kind of like, feels bad to stop. Right. So I think that's, yeah. that's pretty good because that keeps people going. Um, you know, sometimes progress full of things, it's not very easily measured. Um, you know, depending on what you're learning, what you're practicing and, you know, whether it's like physical activity, whether it's like, you know, getting more muscle mass, leaning out, lifting more weight and stuff. So I think it's just good to like track things because after three months, you're not going to remember how something was that you did. Like, you know, you try to like, you know, I'll use an example of a handstand, right? You know, I would work with someone on a handstand and it's like, you know, that's two or three months in and it's kind of like, it seems like they're not getting anywhere because there's like a lot of those things that takes a lot of time to build the foundation and the progression at the start is so small and so invisible almost that like people just quit because like oh, I've been just putting so much time into it and nothing ever works um but usually if people accumulate that time and it's like you know at four month mark it's like something clicks and it's like oh shit now I can do something mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do but sometimes you don't really get those points and it's like oh here is yourself like doing a hands against the wall and you've been like, you know, that's the shape and you've been like a bit bent there, the shoulders were kind of sinking down and like, you know, whatever. And now it's kind of like uh, your hands now and like, okay, it feels different probably, but you can't remember how it felt like three months ago. It looks massively yeah. different. It looks much better. You've got like much more ease into it. Like, you know, I recorded both videos like three months ago and now and like, you know, even... You're not afraid of falling anymore. If you like falling, you know how to bail to like, you know, bring yourself to the ground safely. Um, so yeah, I think like whether it's like tracking on paper, like numbers and stuff like that, so like recording things, like pictures or videos, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really powerful. Like just and I think like one more thing there is kind of like that's kind of like builds into your sense of identity to some extent. Like I am someone who gets shit done. I track yeah, it and I yeah, see the results yeah. because I've got the visual representation of the things I've done. And I'm like, oh, I'm someone who tracks things. I'm someone who gets stuff done. I've got the system and that's the kind of stuff. Like, like since I've been doing stuff like that for like over like last 10 years or so, and you know, I've been on and off of certain types of tracking. But whenever I go back onto it because sometimes, you know, I fall off as well. Like I've got my things that I do. And then sometimes like, oh, you know, life happened. And, you know, you just go off the rail <laughs> and you be like, okay, you know, that's not something I do. But then you go back into it and then like, you feel like, oh shit, right now I'm in the groove. And I feel like just building momentum like week by week. And all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, I've been tracking my stuff for the last six months. That's amazing. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know if I feel differences in certain areas because some things are very intangible, but like, shit, I see I've worked really hard on things. Like I'm a consistent person as someone who works hard. I'm someone who shows up, right? I think having that proof is, is pretty powerful. That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. You are creating that person that you want to be and you're looking and reflecting going, yeah, yeah, that, that is, that is how I want to behave. And like, if it's learning a language or reading more books or whatever it is, if you've got that evidence, you're, you're building up that stack of evidence to say, yeah, look, th- this is how I, this is how I do things. This is how I behave and I get results from it. Love that. And 
oh, what else was I going to say? There was something that had, had sprung into my head. Oh, yeah, dopamine. That surely, like, dopamine has a a role in that, doesn't it? Um, mm. I'm getting all like and, Andrew Huberman on on, on you, <laughs> but it oh, must yeah. be that you know <laughs> you, you you do the thing, and then we sometimes don't reflect on the fact that we've done the thing, and we just move mm. on to the next thing. Oh, I've done a handstand. Now I need to do like a. Um, five handstand push-ups in a row and we just keep going and keep going and so then we're not we're not satisfied and then we can get frustrated and then we get injured because we push ourselves too far and sometimes we just need to pause and go yeah I did the thing and I worked hard and I'm just going to spend 30 seconds now going oh man I did it and that surely produces a rush of dopamine that then motivates you to to keep on that path and keep going I was talking about it with my friend who's a who's a yoga teacher now who who was a um, a secondary school teacher in class um, but she'd always wanted to become a yoga teacher and go full-time and now she has set up a studio she's got full classes during the week and that is what she does now and we were talking I think it was a couple of days ago and, and she realized she hadn't actually paused and reflected on how far she'd come yeah. and there's so much value and power in that isn't there going oh yeah this is where I wanted to be a year ago, this is what I wanted to be like and who I wanted to be, and I've done it, and I haven't actually taken the time to go, ah, yeah, and and we need that, don't we? We, we need it so mm. much. But this is crazy, like, you know, um, like we, we don't see those things at all. Like, mm. some, well, pretty much in all my, like, workshops, I run handstand workshops, like, all across, like, the south of England, and, you know, I... I do talk about kind of like cliches quite a lot, but I think they're quite relevant. Like, you know, like enjoy the journey because the outcome, because you won't be satisfied with the outcome anyway. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I talk about it with handstands because it's like a, it's a really horrible process initially. Like you just, you don't get anything back from what you're doing. So it's like, you know, it's just not fun at the start. Um, and if you don't find a way to enjoy it, you're not, going to be able to like stick to it right so it's kind of like you know guys you know either find a way to enjoy it or just quit because you know you're gonna get that 10 second handstand and you'd be like i want a 20 second handstand now and then you're gonna spend another like <laughs> three months like getting that and like off to another one so yeah i think it's um yeah it's a big one like even for, for myself personally like because like i always wanted to like turn what i what i like doing into like a coaching career and when I did, when I went full-time coaching, probably like, I don't know, six, seven years ago or so, um, I didn't even notice that. And then like, it took me like a year, a year and a half to be like, I, I can't remember like why I was reflecting on that. But I was like a year after that, I went full-time and I just, was like, oh, wow, I, I'm doing this thing that I, I want to do. And I'm it. like, and I, I literally just like, I started crying because like, I was like, it just really like, broke me down i was like fuck like man just you don't really appreciate like how far you've gone you, you, you hardly even noticed it and it's just so powerful because then you're actually like all right you know now every couple months i i try to look at where i am and okay see well okay you're learning things you, you're getting better oh shit pretty good wow who would have thought right <laughs> so it's just yeah, yeah. Yourself, like, a little I'm pretty good of, like appreciation yeah and it's so, got to be done so isn't it that yeah, surely that is life, isn't it? That is what life is all about to to get things done and to and to achieve and to I don't know set yourself a goal and then achieve it and not then just well like you said the the uh, there must be the truest thing 
in life that enjoy the process, don't think about the result, you know. I mean, if we're thinking life, the end, the end result is, is the same for all of us, isn't it? We don't want to rush to get there. Yeah. We should uh, <laughs> we should just enjoy the process. Oh, oh man, it's it's been a pleasure chatting to you about this. Um, I've been wanting to talk to someone in this kind of space for a long time and the the conversation has been exactly kind of what I would what I'd hoped it, it, it was going to be. So I'm going to take 30 seconds and go, yeah, I, I did it. I invited the right person onto the podcast yeah. to talk about this stuff and I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy that. Um, there's a few yeah. questions I end every episode with, but I think mm-hmm. while we're just talking about your coaching, I'd like to ask you about that first, as in where if people are interested in working with you and, and they want to see more of your stuff online, um, where can they find you and how can get how can they get in touch? Um, I think my Instagram will be probably the best. It's uh, at kuba.moves, K-U-B-A dot moves. Um, yeah, I think that'll be best because I've got the most amount of like video resources and things that I've done with uh, my clients and myself. So you can kind of like see what's that about. Um, I do work in person. Um, I do coaching person in Southampton. I do remote coaching with people all around the world. Um, so if you'd like to get in touch with me, then you can shoot me a message on uh, Instagram. You can also like book a discovery call with me if you'd like to kind of like chat about, you know, taking it somewhere if you'd be interested to work with me. Um, but yeah, I think Instagram is probably the best place. That's great. That's great. So if I want to be able to do a backflip, can I, can I talk to you? Can you, can you break down the steps for me? Yeah, I, I can. I'll probably send you off to a gymnastics club and, uh, to a coach. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one to like, um, I guess online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're kind of like, you know, I can, I would definitely help people with like working around it because they're like, mm. you know, some people would start with a backflip without having like any kind of like acrobatic, like basics and like understanding falling. So like I would say, okay, you know, maybe we can start with forward draws and backward draws and, you know, as you're preparing for it, you can start looking for the facility where you would go and like practice those things right. and stuff. So, you know, it's, there, there's a lot of, loads of things that like people think like, Oh, here's the thing. I want to learn this. And they're like, Oh, but there are things that you should probably learn beforehand that you shouldn't even touch that thing. I mean, you can, you know, yeah. you know, you, you take responsibility for your own actions. Like I'm, I'm just here. I'm just here being like, Oh, you know, I've done those things before. I hurt myself in many different ways. I've done so many stupid things. Please don't <laughs> do not do the things the way I've done. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not the answer I wanted. I wanted you to just say, yeah, yeah. In like a week, I'll be able to teach you a, to do a, a backflip. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a modern world, isn't it? We just, we just want the end result. I just want to be able to share it on Instagram. I don't want to do all the work. Come on, man. I don't want to do the work. <laughs> do the work. Yeah, let's take the easy I will. Way. I will. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated. Um, right. Before I let you go, there's, there's three, um, questions that I ask, um, at the end of every episode. And the first one is what's the, the one lesson you wish you'd have been taught when you were younger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did think about it quite a lot when I first, uh, seen that. Um, yeah, I mean, there are many, <laughs> but I'm limited <laughs> to one, let's say, so I'll follow the rules. Um, I think meeting people where they at, I think that's, that's a huge one for me for like any kind of like change though, trying to like motivate people. 
um, you know, whether it's me kind of like being like a kind of coach or a teacher or, um, or being a partner or being a friend or, mm. you know, whatever kind of role I'm in. It's like, okay, you know, I've got a person in front of me and they, they are where they are. They're not where I'd like them to be. So I need to kind of like see the person as they are and just be like, well, okay, you know, we can create this like amazing plan of change, but you won't be able to do it because I'm being very unrealistic about it. Um, and I think that's like, you know, that's the way I've treated myself, like not meeting myself where I'm at. I would just set myself like a goal that's kind of like way kind of over where I'm at. So it wouldn't be achievable at the time or I would treat other people this way. So like, you know, have some friends who are like uh, got loads of unhealthy habits and maybe they do want to change maybe they don't and i would just be kind of like trying to indoctrinate them like oh you do this and that and you shouldn't be doing this and it's like yeah like screw you man it's like no one wants to listen to that it's like not even like seeing the person in front of you right when you talk like that you're just seeing like whatever projection you kind of like cast it on them um so yeah i think meeting people where they're at i think that's that will be a good lesson for for myself uh, and what's one habit that I could add to my life or even one habit that I could take away from my life that would make me feel better? Mm, again, so many options to choose from. So it's a hard one. But I think like going with like the simplicity, um, daily breath work, whether it's like five, 10 minutes or even like even a minute, right? Just kind of like a time to like pause and reflect. Um, you know, whether it's kind of like a form of meditation or just kind of quick, quick break between something. I think it's massive for like mood improvement, for like calming yourself down, you know. Um, you know I'm sure like people who like listen to this podcast, like listen to like Huberman podcasts and stuff. So like he talks a lot about like physiology and kind of breath and how things influence. Like it's just kind of like the regulation of the nervous system and it's just general like stress response. Yeah, I think that's massive. Something I do every day, even if it's like five minutes. Um, yeah, super powerful for like mood and overall uh, well-being. And if you could give everyone in the world one book, which book would you give them? Yeah, again, here I just want to break all the rules and kind of recommend like three or four books. Um <laughs> 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 but I think um, over the like, last couple of years, I've really gotten into like, um, uh, work of Gabo Mate. And I would really recommend When the Body Says No. Uh, it's a book about chronic stress and chronic illness and how physical stress and mental stress is related to uh, chronic illness in all sorts of ways. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, – it didn't – changed that much in me although it did but also kind of like it allowed me to look at people with more compassion and yeah just kind of like acknowledging the, the struggles and the, the impact that stress have on them and, and kind of like meeting them where they are with it i guess um yeah i don't know if that's a book you read or if you're familiar with like the work of gabo mate um but yeah, like I think that that would be that would be the one when the body says no. Yeah, no, I, I haven't read any of his books. I've listened to him and I've 
I've listened to him on podcasts and I've watched him on on videos and things. Um, so I know a little about his work, but I've never read his book. So that's a great recommendation, and I'm going to I'm going to get on it and and read some of his work. That's a great recommendation. Thank you, and yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining me this evening. Um, I'm looking forward to staying in touch, sharing this episode, and keeping you updated with my handstands and backflips as well. Brilliant. Now it's been a pleasure. It was uh, such a fun conversation. Thank you. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you found my conversation with Kuba insightful. If you did enjoy the episode, please share it with friends, family and colleagues who you think would find it helpful. You can also support the podcast by following and rating the show on whichever app you're listening on. Thank you again, and I look forward to bringing you another episode soon.